yes, this is powerful stuff. What is up, guys? It's your boy, Kalen Edwards here, back again. And today we have a special guest. The man, the myth, the legend, Evan Hedrick himself. Bro, what's up? Man, what is up, man? I'm just chilling, ready to be here, man. Dude, I'm so excited. I was just telling Evan before we got started, this is my first time ever doing a podcast. This is the first podcast that you guys will ever see. First podcast I've ever done. And I want to say I'm a little nervous, but dude, I'm hype. Like, I'm, I'm low-key yeah. hype. Yeah. So, let's get it. for the people who don't know who you are, and let's just make a clarification. <clears throat> if you don't know who this legend is, you've been living <laughs> under a rock. But for the people who don't know who you are, crazy who are you and what do you do okay um well my name is evan hedrick um i'm from kingsport tennessee um i go to a community college called northeast state um i'm studying psychology with a minor in bible um i want to be a biblical counselor um plenty church also in the near future with my man blake sanders um he's awesome i retweet him all the time so y'all probably have seen him a few times on my feed. Um, but yeah, man, I just try to use my platform um, for the gospel um, and just solely Jesus. Nothing to promote myself um, or anything like that. Um, so that's what I do. I'm just I'm just kind of on social media, um, just everywhere. So. So would it be safe to call you a social media influencer? Um, I mean, if that's what you want to call it, uh, yeah. <laughs> a social I, media Jesus rock star, whatever uh, they call. Nah, man, nah, dude. Um. Mm-mm. I think it's like really cool that you're so young, we're so young, and you like mm-hmm. have your entire life planned out like that. Because if we flip this and you ask me the same question, I'll be like, uh, <laughs> I, I literally, I just write and like literally my bio on social media is I write and speak about things yeah, that yeah. matter. <laughs> like, dude, right. so I didn't know you're a psychology major. Like, what's up mm-hmm. with that? Yeah, um, just so like, um, so my parents, they got divorced when I was in the seventh grade or seventh or eighth grade. Um, and so I got experienced like a lot of like, I'm um, just hurt from that. Um, and so I know like growing up, um, just experienced a lot of pain, a lot of heartache. Um, and so I want to be the friend that somebody runs to when they just made the biggest mistake of their life mm-hmm. or if they're just feeling like down, depressed, like they have no way out, they're hopeless. Um, just to give hope to the hopeless, um, you know, just with the gospel, um, cause that doesn't come from anywhere else. Mm. And so I just want to provide that safe haven for them. And that's what we want for the church. Um, my friend Blake and I, like I told you all a few minutes ago, um, we want to call the church anchored church where broken people can find hope that's anchored mm. in the gospel. That's good. Man. And so, um, yeah, so we're, we're really excited to see how like God uses that. He's kind of, um, he's already like paving the way, um, kind of putting some puzzle pieces together. So we're just trying to be, um, faithful and obedient to what he's calling us to do. And I think it's cool that you and Blake, like, you guys actually already have experience with planning churches, don't you? Uh, yeah, we've, we've helped out a lot um, in, like, with, like, summer missions. Um, he went over um, to Portland. We have a church plant um, in Portland, Oregon, and he went over there and helped for a summer. Um, I've done a few things, like, just, like, week-long um, mission trips, just helping out um, a church in Cleveland um, in Denver. Um, and I think that's it. But, yeah, we have we have some experience with it. I remember having this conversation with Evan. How long have we even, I can't really say we've known each other because we haven't like formally met in person. Uh Thanks to me being a flake and like not going (laughs) to these Uh events. But um, we haven't like formally met in person, but I've known about Evan for a long time. I I came across Evan on Twitter and this was probably like four years ago. And I was looking Mm -hmm. at this dude straight killing it. Like just (laughs) tweeting this straight fire. And I'm just like, who? 
the heck is that? So I started going down this guy's timeline. I would literally like copy and paste this dude's tweets. And I'd just like save them on my phone, save them in my notes. And whenever like something would be going wrong, whenever I need some encouragement, I'd have that. He probably didn't even know that. This is news to him. But then um, I don't know how we ended up getting connected, but I remember I was working at this Christian restaurant and then we had like oh, yeah. our first call. This was like what three years ago? Yeah, something like yeah, that, man. dude. Yeah, it was, it was really, really early in like this whole yeah. Twitter, and we'll talk about like the whole Twitter Christian dumb Christianity, Christian yeah. Twitter accounts, Christian anonymous. Because I had a Christian anonymous account, and I saw this dude killing, and I'm just like, well, I don't need to hide behind this anonymous account anymore. I can just show my face and just show people what's up, show them like what, what it's really like. So that's how <clears> I came across my man. And I remember one of the first conversations we had was just like, it was just straight real. And I, you don't see that type of authenticity, that type of vulnerability in a lot of people. And it's not even just because Evan's a cool dude, but when I saw that in him, I was like, you know what? There's something different here. This is a relationship that I should invest in and try and foster. And I'll admit, I haven't been the best at keeping in touch. I haven't been the best at making myself available or, you know, meeting in person. But Evan's never pushed me away. He's always been there. And this is a cool dude. I vouch man, for this guy. I appreciate this. I'm just talking man, my man. No, he's great. over here. He's getting not happy. Great. <laughs> Great, but what, what I wanted to ask you was, I remember some of our really like early conversations, you've always mm-hmm. had this heart for people. And early mm-hmm. on, you, you talked about doing the church plants and just being yeah. there. Does some of that stem from just personal experiences where you kind of needed someone to be there for you? And maybe they were there, or maybe they weren't. But what made you really realize that, you know, sometimes people just need a person to talk to that they can open up to yeah. and trust? Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say, let's see. So I had a girlfriend all throughout high school. Um, mm-hmm. and like, she was my person. Um, we've, we've talked about this like many times. Yeah. Um, and like, man, I thought I was going to marry this chick. Like I was set in stone. Like, this is it. Like, this is mm-hmm. her. Um, and so we broke up. Um, I think like it's actually about a year ago in August. Um, like we were kind of off and on, but we like fully ended it, um, last year. And so like, I hit rock bottom, man. Like, rock bottom um i didn't want to do anything with my life like i just wanted to come home sleep um watch netflix just do whatever like i wasn't feeling um just any love acceptance from anything else like i wouldn't want to read my bible i wouldn't want to go to church um bible study just whatever it was um like i was just in the valley man um and my friend blake and even you as well um like you guys were like just there like you'd always be texting me hey man like how can i pray for you like you know what's going on like how can i do this how can i do that and i was like Oh shoot! Like these dudes, like seriously care. Yeah. Um. And so, like, and like, this just goes back to what I was talking about before. Like, just giving hope to the hopeless. Like, mm-hmm. so, like I said, like I wasn't experiencing any love and like acceptance and just like the pursuit um, from anywhere else. And so, like, it's just a reflection of what Christ has done in your all's life. And so, I noticed that. Mm-hmm. Um. And so, like, I heard a pastor one time say, um, his name is Tolian Tavision. So, like, here's a little analogy. So, actually, so picture. Um, people are out here drowning, like in the sea, in the ocean, and Christians are standing um, aside from shore, and we're throwing um, rocks for swimming advice, like, "Oh, you need to do this, you need to do that, you need to do this." Like, that's not going to save anybody. Mm-hmm. Jump in the mess and meet them where they're at, and exactly. help pull them to shore. And that's what Christ does for us. Dude, that's good. Um, that's good. And so, and so, man, like, 
just his grace and like his pursuit of me in that, like he never stopped wanting me even when I wasn't wanting him. Mm. And that's the thing that I think a lot of people don't realize is like the gospel is not about what we do, what we don't do. It's all about what Christ has done. Yep. And that's it. Like Come it's on, finished. Come he on. seriously meant it in John nineteen thirty when he said it is finished. And so because, because God turned his back on Jesus, Jesus is never going to turn his back on us. That's good. And so like just that grace and like that pursuit of him, um, that he showed me, like that's what strived me for obedience. That's what, that's what strived me to get out of my mess. Like he pulled me out of my mess. And so I want to offer that same hope mm. um, to other people. So yeah, um, a lot of the hurts um, that I've experienced, like it, it's it's uh, stimulated that um, just desire for people to create a safe place for them. That's good news, man. Like I don't, mm. I don't know. It's like we hear the the gospel articulated so much, but. The unique thing about hearing it from just different people, if you guys ever get the chance to have these conversations with just different people in your church, different people in your community, is God reaches people in different ways. And each person yeah. has these different types of testimonies. So I remember when everyone was going through his situation and we we talk on the phone and obviously I could hear the hurt in his voice, but mm-hmm. he he never counted himself out. He he was never just too down in the dumps to where he just gave up and quit. I always heard this, I want to say courage to keep going. And mm. I mean, this is gonna kind of gonna sound like a, a sidetrack right now, but we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up. You you might know where I'm going with this, but um, if you Chasing guys are if you guys are watching this on video, then you'll be able to see. But my boy Evan is yatted. My my boy got some tats, right? <laughs> yeah. And I remember when he got his first one, he he told me it's the it's the Jesus is better one, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I'm looking at this tattoo. I'm like, this thing looks so dope. Like it's not tribal. I'm like, what is it? And you told me it isn't like Greek. Is it Greek? Uh, Hebrew. It's, it's Hebrew. Hebrew. Yeah. So I'm like, bro, what is that? <laughs> like, yeah. I remember like, you commenting on my Instagram about it. I was like, what <laughs> yeah. is this? He's just like, yeah. oh, it's Jesus is better in Hebrew, and that theme has been a theme that I've always heard from Evan. And it's like, it's not like, you you, you hear it so much and sometimes you, you discount it. But I remember him writing a blog post about it and I really got the, the opportunity to see his heart, to see his heart behind saying it. And I can attest, just, uh, just knowing him kind of personally, whenever we'd be having our conversations and he's going through a personal trial, he never counted himself out too much he never gave up because he always would just base base it in Jesus is better. So I remember him talking, Jesus is better than j- 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 the relationships. Jesus is better than the fame. Jesus is better than all this stuff. And yeah. and this is stuff that we we both have like gone through. And just seeing that in Evan and just, just seeing how he handled those situations, it gave me so much, so much just – hope and encouragement to just get through my daily life that someone could be that strong through jesus and their situations so did you did you want to elaborate on why do you say jesus is better so much man okay um yeah totally okay um so just with like um even like the divorce or uh, my ex-girlfriend and i breaking up so i felt a lot of things and just because you feel something about yourself doesn't mean it's true about yourself. Mm. And so I was buying into the lie that, you know, I was like, oh, well, my ex and I broke up. So I'm not wanted. Um, I'm not um, loved. I'm not um, forgiven, accepted, just whatever it is. Mm. And so those are the feelings that Satan would make me believe. And those are lies. Mm. OK. And the thing that I learned this summer, man, is like 
all Satan knows is death. Okay, so my past is dead, and that's all he has access to. Mm-hmm. And so when somebody has access to something, they're going to use it. Okay, so the, my past is in the grave. Satan is in the grave. That's where it's belonging. And so he tries to stimulate that um, in you. And like he, he's very good at it. Yeah. Like he really is. <laughs> he is very good at it. But it's not true of me, and it's never going to be true of me. So who Christ has called me to be because of what he's done. I'm loved. I'm pursued. I'm wanted. I'm forgiven. I'm accepted. And that's never going to change because Christ doesn't change. And so who I am in Jesus is infinitely better than what my circumstances or feelings make me believe. Dude, that's good. That's Sometimes you just want to be like, that's good. That's so good, Pastor. Keep going. Preach. <laughs> come on. Come on. <laughs> you, got, you ever hear that in the churches? It's always like. Oh, yeah, here, man. We have, we have a guy in my church. He's like, oh, amen. Amen. Here you go. My man said, "Dude, there's this dude at our church who literally just screams, hallelujah.' Yeah, it's so it's so like out of place too. It's like, bro, like there was calm down, <laughs> but dude, all right. So we talked about the the Hebrew tattoo, but there's mm-hmm. a new one, and we didn't get a chance to talk about this one. But what's the meaning behind this one? What what is it, and what's the meaning behind it? Okay, so it's an anchor. Um, I don't know if you right there, mm. right there. It's an anchor. I like okay. it, bro." Um, and so what that is, um, my friend Blake actually has one as well. We got kind of like a bro tat. Oh, um, snap. So, we got yeah. a bromance going yeah. on now. <laughs> Same place, dude. Same place. That's um, dope. And so with this, we have two meanings for it. Um, number one is just it represents what we want um, for the church. Um, just where broken people can find hope that's anchored in the gospel and like they feel safe. Okay. Um, and so that just represents anchored church as well. So it's just a symbol. Um, probably the, like God's going to use it big time um, whenever we plant our church. And like we're just talking to people like on the street, stuff like that. Um, but also, too, um, because of what Christ has done on my behalf, I'm forever anchored in regardless of how bad I mess up. Mm-hmm. So my position in Christ doesn't change because he doesn't change. That's good. And so like his he lived he lived the life that I could have lived, died the death that I deserved. Um, and that's always true. Like the gospel is not about what I do and don't do. So like. Um, just part of my testimony even as well is like just climbing the ladder. So say like I, I, I lusted and I looked at porn one day. I was like, oh, shoot. Well, I got to read my Bible. And, you know, oh, if that wasn't working, I got to pray. I got to go to church more. Mm-hmm. And that's just a tired. Like I just, you just get tired. And yeah, the gospel is not can't. about being tired. It's the like, rat you race that rest. you were saying, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so the gospel is made to rest. And so I need to rest in the finished work of the cross. Because mm. we get we get so caught up in just doing more because, I mean, that's just how humans are. It's like if we don't feel like we're doing anything, we feel like nothing's happening. And the weird thing about how we approach the gospel is Jesus said it's finished. So mm-hmm. what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> You're doing too much. I, yeah. th- I think that's yeah. really cool, dude. Um, mm-hmm. I heard you say something about the summer. And you, you talked about some lessons that you learned. I want to yeah. give you know, a couple minutes to give some context about where this summer came from and where you learned these lessons. Um, okay, yeah. I'll, I'll spill the beans a little bit. Evan was uh, the camp counselor of the year at, at a camp. <laughs> it's, it's called the Fudge Camp. So you can give us a little bit more context than that. Okay. So it's actually Fuge Camps. Fuge. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Fail. Fail. <laughs> I've been telling everybody, yeah, it's, it's the fudge camp. Oh, it's the fudge camps. He's at the fudge camps. Nah, <laughs> everybody, everybody thinks that. Um, so yeah, what Fuge Camps is is um, so it's all over the world. Um, just in every every, I think there's like maybe seventeen locations. Wow. Um, I'm not for sure like where exactly, but it's just all over the U.S. 
Um, so what it is, is it's a Christian-based um, camp. So for students, it's for a week. But if you're a staffer, um, you're there all summer. And so it's based out of Lifeway. And so what it is, is um, so I was a staffer. So I led um, Bible study for middle school and high school students um, each week. And after we leave Bible study, we'd go out into the city and we would serve. And so I was the children's track leader. So we'd go to an apartment complex, have a backyard BBS with them, um, just do like Bible stories, crafts, like kickball just literally whatever it is like it's really flexible mm. um and like literally man it is it's it's unreal like i'm like i posted about it on my instagram and i'm seriously still at a loss for words like i don't know how to comprehend what god did um literally just seeing like jesus set the captives free each week is just unbelievable um and so like so say we had like a hard day on site like you know your site kids weren't listening to you mm. or Bible study didn't go well, and like you, st- you feel like really insecure. Like, okay, well, am I a Bible? Like, am I a bad Bible study leader? Am I a bad track leader? Like, what's going on? Are these kids so, Christians before they come to camp? <clears throat> um, it's, it's it varies. You know, some some kids will be Christians, um, and some will be non-believers. So it's not like so, they have to act right in the groups or anything. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, no, yeah, you got we got walks from all all different lives, and I love that. Uh, I'll t- I'll tell you guys a little bit more about that. Um. But so like I'd be I'd, I'd place my identity like in, in the day, like if my day went terrible, I'd place it in that. I'm like, oh, well, I'm a bad Bible study leader. Like none of my students responded well or oh, I'm a bad track leader. Um, none of my site kids were cooperating with the Bible study, with the craft, like whatever it is. But when we come back, we would get to have worship and a speaker. We'd have a different band, a different speaker each week. And so like I was feeling down. And then seeing Jesus set the captives free each night, like that filled my cup back up. And I was like, okay, like this isn't about me. Like my identity is not in how well my students responded or how well how my good kids you did that responded. day or something. Yeah, because that's not what the gospel is. Like what I'm talking about, it's not in my performance. It's in Jesus's performance for me. And so, man, just seeing like just being a staffer, dude. Um, like you are literally Superman to these kids. Yeah. Like they will. So what we do on the first night when you come in. Um, you meet your new Bible study each week and you give them a card and it has some questions like, you know, do you consider yourself a Christian? Um, what's the hardest thing you've had to endure in your life? And man, that is real stuff. Like, and it'd be like, so rate your life on a scale of one to 10 and why? And man, the hurt that these kids would come in here with, man, was, is hard. Like it is really hard. And some of the stuff is like, you know, like sexual abuse, um, suicidal thoughts, um, struggle with being um, homosexual or um, just let, like whatever it is. And like, they will come up to you and you won't even ask them about it. And they'll come to you and be like, Hey, um, Evan, can, can we talk about this for a few mm-hmm. minutes? And I'd be like, yeah, let's do it. And man, um, I'm not going to sh- share the name just for her sake, but yeah. one, one girl, um, she came up to me. Um, I was just asking, I was like, Hey, like, you know, how's your week going? And she's like, Oh, it's, it's, it's been good. But yesterday was really hard. And I was like, I was like, let's talk about it. I was like, why was it so hard? Mm-hmm. Um, and so what we do, like, for, we have, a, like, a nightlife. And we had five stations, so like a growth station where you pray. Um, the entire book of Romans on this glass wall, they'd highlight um, a verse that sticks out to or stood out to them. Mm-hmm. And then we have two boards um, called Living by the Flesh and Living by the Spirit. And so they would write out what that means. And then it also have um, a board for their lost friends. And it's just a really emotional night. Like the Holy spirit really just works in um, the hearts of his people mm-hmm. on that night. And so she was saying that it was just hard because it brought a lot of the stuff from her past back into her mind. And I was like, and I read her track time card and I knew what it was about. So I was like, Oh, you know, like what, like what's going on? And she's like, well, 
Um, she's like, I, I don't know if you know this, but you know, I was physically and sexually abused by my father and my brother. And it's like, how do you even prepare to, I know it. Um, and so I was like, okay. Um, I was like, so talk, talk to me about that. Like, does anybody know? Because it, you know, I don't need to be the only one that knows. Like, this is exactly. a serious like deal. You have to report stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's not an ongoing process anymore. But she was just saying, like, she felt like a piece of meat. And she was like, I've been coming to Fuge Camps for the past five years. And you're the only staffer that has asked me about this. And so, like, immediately, like, I wanted to just start bawling my eyes out. But I was like, I can't. Like, you know, I have to be strong right here and show her Christ. And, like, like encourage her with the gospel. So it's just mm-hmm. – um, it's just it's just crazy, man, how God works and how God like just chooses to use like just silly little me, like just little Evan, to encourage um, these students and give um, just hope to them. So I got to share like, listen, I was like, you are a daughter of the King and you are beautiful because you are His, and that is never going to change. And I was like, listen, I was like, you are wanted, you are so wanted, Dude. and you're pursued, you are loved, and like I was like, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And I was like, just think about that, like. The creator of the universe who knows all the stars by name spoke the earth into existence. I was like, he calls you beloved. Because I just want you to think about that. And like she started bawling and I was dude, it it's powerful, man. man. Um the the motto for Fuge is life changing camps and it's it's seriously life changing. Like it's really cliche to say, but like God shows up big there, man. Were you ever um a camper there? I, I was. Mm-hmm. I was a camper for, I think, like, maybe four years, something like that. Mm. So, yeah. So, like, you've had, like, you've been on the other side of it. You've had exactly. uh, the counselors yeah. who've sewn into your life and been there for you yeah. through hard times. Yeah. I just remember. Yeah, oh, go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to be a future staffer is because I've been encouraged in ways like never before by these by huge staffers mm-hmm. and like I know how much like it impacted my life and changed my life and I was like okay I want to offer this to students as well mm-hmm. because I'm telling you man when you have staff on the back of your shirt they think you're superman exactly like they, they come to you for anything right mm-hmm. anything and at first anything. I didn't understand like where you were coming from like I remember when you at first like told me you're just like Kaylin, like I'm gonna, and I'm not sure why I thought it was fudge, but you, you told me I'm gonna be a, a, a staffer at this fudge camp, camp <laughs> and, then, and there's like so many kids here, and th- their lives are gonna be changed, and they come up to you and they tell you like the, the craziest stuff that's happened in their life, and they just open up to you, and you can just really pour yeah. into them, and yeah. like I did the best that I could to like try and understand, but mm-hmm. you don't really understand it unless you're there. Like you, yeah. you can't understand it unless you're a camper. You can't understand it unless you're a staffer. And it's like you can try your best and you can like, you know, empathize, sympathize, try and relate. Yeah. But yeah. sometimes you just got to be there. And the, mm-hmm. I'm just so thankful that God allowed me the opportunity to be a, a, a camp counselor this summer. It wasn't for as long yeah. as you were, but we were there for about 10 days and it's the FCA camp, so Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and it was at UCLA, and I wasn't even supposed to be there. Um, yeah. A lot of people who are going to listen to this podcast, if you know me, if you're not familiar with me, but I did track in high school, and I wasn't the best, but the I, was, <laughs> no, I wasn't the best at all. <laughs> I never did track in my life. I started junior year, but I actually ended up doing pretty good. Um, I was ranked like fifth in the state. 20th in the nation in triple jump and since i started doing good 
so late I wasn't able to get a scholarship to a really big school but um, at my local school I was on the track team d1 track school whatever and stuff happened it was really hard I quit never really liked track anyway but um my friend Brandon who is a quarterback at San Diego State he told me like hey um, FCA is doing this camp at UCLA and they need some counselors so I was like all right I'll do it even though I'm not an athlete anymore so long story short I became a counselor there and all I could think about that whole time was Evan is right like they everybody else had told me like hey Kaylin you're going to be a counselor here there's going to be 2,000 kids here and you're going to have 10 campers that you're going to be with all the time 24 7 mm-hmm. you're you're their chaperone it's the buddy system you're always going to be with them if one person has to use a bathroom everybody's going to the bathroom with that person. If one person wants to go up to their dorm room because they left something, everybody's going up to the dorm room. And I just didn't get it. And all I could think about was, is this what Evan was talking about? So just a quick brief rundown of the people who were in my group. I had uh, a huge, huge guy. We called him Big Black, straight out of juvie. (laughs) Literally from juvie straight to this camp. I had this redneck kind of racist guy, right? Then I had this Muslim guy. I had a dude who was so belligerent. We think that he kind of had a condition, but he almost got kicked out of the camp last year for leaving his dorm in the middle of the night. And the other six people I had, they were generally pretty cool. Some of them were just not participating or anything. And I'm just thinking, okay, God, this is my first time at this camp. How am I going to deal with this? Everybody else who had done the camp for five, six years had already told me, Kaylin, this is your first time, but you've had the worst group if kids that we've ever seen and i'm just thinking why is god doing this to me yeah and i tell you from the first day they were not opening up but i'm telling you on that last day kids bawling their eyes out sharing their stories and at first it's it's hard not to come off it's because i had it was a group of all guys and it's hard to come off as like i don't know why they were doing the stuff that they were doing like i couldn't understand but when they gave me context into their life and when they told me the stuff that happened to them that made them the way that they were you start bawling with them dude it's like Mm -hmm. and you just let them know and that's when you introduce the gospel to them it's like god loves you so so much you don't have to i I understand what happened to you i can't relate to it it's never happened to me but i'm here with you right now i'm here hurting with you right now you don't have mm-hmm. to keep going down the same life that you were going down. And these are teenage guys who, who just want to play football, but they, they're they in the wrong neighborhood. A lot of them for, were from the inner cities in L.A., so they're underfunded. Their parents don't have a lot of money, so they grow up in these poor areas, and with the poor areas comes more crime. They're exposed to more things, and I haven't grown up like that. I've never been exposed to anything like that. So I just really felt like God was just using these kids to – I was teaching them a lesson, but they were also teaching me. And I thank you, Evan, for even letting me know that, you know, you can be a counselor at these camps because I promise you, if you had not told me earlier in the year that you got the opportunity to be a counselor, I would have never done it because I would it wouldn't have even Mm. been in my head. Like even Mm. my friend telling me, oh, you can be a counselor. I wouldn't have even done it because I'm like, I don't know anybody who's done it before. But then I thought of you and I was like, you know what? I'm going to have to do it. And yeah. just being there for those kids, man, it's literally life-changing. So thank yeah. you for that, man. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. Wow. 
my heart is just so encouraged, dude. You keep, wow. dude I'm, I'm building you. I'm here to. I'm here to build you uh, up, man. Yeah, <laughs> I'm here to build you up. And that even saying that just it takes me back to some of the conversations I had with the the guys at the camp. But I'm sorry, dude. But we gotta move on. Let's do it. So I know under it's my understanding at these camps that you gotta gotta keep your information private. You can't really let them know who you are, what you do. Maybe you can tell them at the end, but um, I find it really hard to believe that your campers knew that you were a superstar on the internet. (laughs) I'm done, man. I'm just building you up so much. You're crazy. They didn't know, right? You're crazy. Um, Do you want me to answer that? They didn't know. All right, so they didn't know, but um, so you're 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 an influencer on this social media. Obviously, being an influencer comes with some burdens, especially being a Christian guy. You're, you're held to a higher standard, and yeah, I'm kind of in the same realm, not as much, but you know, God is still working. God is still growing the ministry. Yeah, a lot of people look at us and they think that we're perfect. They think that yeah. our motives are always good. Let me just give you a little hint they're they're not always what are some of the struggles that you've dealt with as a christian influencer in the past years on social media hmm i would say the biggest one um so like the platform that god's blessed me with Mm -hmm. um a lot of times i use that to validate my self-worth so if i post like a picture on instagram and it gets like you know, 800 likes or something like that. I'm like, oh, that's it, man. Like, I'm worth it. <laughs> that's yep. fire right Look there. at this. Look at this. Yeah. <laughs> or like, you know, I tweet something and it like blows up. And I'm like, oh, yep, here's my self-worth. But man, like, that is not it. Yeah. Like, I've, I've tasted and seen that the Lord is, is better. Like, that's the whole meaning behind the tattoo. Um, I know what it's like to be famous. I'm not famous. Mm-hmm. I know what it's like to have one of the baddest women I've ever seen in my life. Like, I mean, see, I'm my life, dude, just right here. <laughs> and it wasn't enough, man. I'm being real. I'm hey, I love real. it. I love it. Like, I know what it's like, and it doesn't satisfy. And so just seeing, like, your account grow and, like, kind of, like, comparing yourself um, to other accounts, like, oh, well, you know, so, so for instance, say, like, you have, like, 30,000 followers, and then your other friend over here has 300,000 followers. Yeah. And you're like, okay, why can't it be like that? Like, God has placed you where you're at for a reason. Exactly. Okay, and so be obedient to where he has placed you. Like the grass isn't greener on the other side. Water wherever you're planted, it's going to get greener right there. Come on. And so, I would say just um, the self worth and the comparison. Um, it's so easy to do that. Um, and like, so say like if you're in like a rough season and a rough drought, and like you're not really experiencing um, just like growth in your life, and then you see somebody else experience, but you're like, well, shoot, like I must be. You know, I'm a terrible sinner, you know, or something exactly. like that. Like, why can't I have what he has? And so I would say that, man, just validation and just um, the comparison. And it's so weird because sure. it, it kind of like it sneaks up on us. Like, yeah, a lot yeah. of people like on social media, you don't want to just we it's it's a highlight reel is what people call it. And, you know, rightfully so. You don't want to just tell people how horrible that you're doing. Tell people how horrible <laughs> the situation is, because then you'll probably, you know, make them depressed and pull them down with you. But it's so weird that when we're going through these struggles, even for for me, I, when I look at people like you or um, people like Carson or people like Luke, and I'm just like, man, they're freaking killing it. Their life's like, it seems perfect. I'm just like, man. Yeah. 
and, and you start comparing and I don't know what's going on in your life. I'm not sure what you guys are really going through, but that comparison exactly. and yeah. I feel like a lot of people, they don't understand that. Like they think that everything's supposed to be perfect. And that's why I really appreciate you coming on the podcast today, you coming on the, the YouTube video today, just giving people some insight into some yeah. struggles that you have in your life. Cause I tell them about my struggles all the time, but oh, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. they need to hear it from more Christian influencers. And that's, yeah. that's really the yeah. reason um, for this podcast to just, you know, give them some insight into these situations and just let them know other people on a different level. So, yeah, totally, man. And like one thing I would, I would, I would add to that too, is like everybody always gives their best self on social media. Mm -hmm. So whatever looks the best, they're going to put it out there. And so if you see like, you know, like on a rip, like, two people, two couples, and they're like, oh, oh, those are relationship goals. Don't, do not, do not, do not base it off of what they post. Because I promise you, they, <laughs> they, <laughs> they can't even see my face, bro. Oh, my, they can't, dang, bro, that, do not, do not. They're going to put the best of themselves on there. I feel like okay, we gotta talk about that. I, we we got to, just real quick. Real quick, Go we got it. we got a couple more minutes on the podcast. I am so sick of people's relationship expectations. Oh my goodness, yeah. your dude isn't gonna be this prince charming that's always no. perfect, that's never looked at no. porn or never lusted on people. I'm promising mm -hmm. you, he probably did every one of those things. He's probably struggled with them for all of his life. Yeah, porn, yeah, masturbation, lust. He's probably done yep. it all. He probably yep. isn't even. A lot of these guys and our, uh, the, the girls' expectations for these guys are for them to be perfect, for th for them yep. to be providers, and and they should be striving towards that, but they're not there yet. A lot of these guys are expecting these girls to be perfect, know how to cook, do all this stuff, mm -hmm. and they're just not there yet. They're growing for it. What I'm saying yep. is, if you're still growing to be. <clears throat> this this perfect partner for someone if you can even be that you maybe can't. you don't don't be dating <laughs> don't be dating too young that's what i wanted to say yeah. i said all that to yeah. say don't be dating mm -hmm. when you're 10 don't Ugh. have unrealistic expectations for people don't think yeah. just because a couple looks really good on instagram and they take really good pictures and they're always tweeting at each other and they're making these cool videos together that they're just the perfect couple it's just not true yeah. Mm -mm. And the reason I'm I'm kind of ranting about this a little bit is because I I do this I talk about my relationship a lot I got a good girl I grabbed her she, she's she's not the low hanging fruit she's she's very top you know <laughs> she, she's a good girl and I, yeah. and I talk about her a lot because you know I just want to honor her but mm -hmm. our relationship is That's the good. furthest thing from perfect it's the furthest thing from perfect we actually had a conversation yesterday and we're just like you know what we're so messed up if people really knew how we were mm. no one no one would want to even be around us because that's mm -hmm. how messed up we are bro i'm gonna let you rant i'm gonna let you rant that's good here's here's the thing this is this is for you ladies right here okay everybody loves to take selfies selfies are great they're fun okay but listen to me you do okay number one the man is supposed to pursue the woman okay come on okay. bro come you, on you come feel on. me okay listen stop po okay so no selfies are not bad they're fun they're mm -hmm. great but you do not need to be advertising yourself for men to come chase you. Okay. I want, this is going to be a really cheesy analogy, but it works. I use, I use this in my Bible study all the time on um, this summer. So I want you to think of a car. Okay. Just a little minivan, just a little SUV, whatever it is. Okay. They're always in commercials. 
why because they feel like they have to show off themselves to validate or to show hey i got self-worth mm. come find me okay do you ever see a lamborghini advertising itself absolutely not why because it knows its self-worth it knows that the right person is going to come find me is going to pursue me is going to want me and then they're going to make me his mm. okay so for you ladies you be a lambo okay just be a lamborghini and you just yeah. sit and you are just confident and you know, okay, Christ has called me beautiful and I'm fearfully and wonderfully made and that's never going to change. That is who I am and the right man is going to come find me. I'm not, I'm not going out of this parking lot. I'm mm-hmm. not pursuing any, any SUV, any man. He's coming to find me. I'm being obedient to where I'm at and to what Christ has called me. That's good, man. Get on my so, dudes. Get on my dudes. Yeah, yeah, get my dudes. Listen, bro. Okay. Number one. Everybody knows that we struggle with porn, okay? Mm-hmm. We're just going to come out and say it. Nobody likes to talk about it, but you struggle with porn. I struggle with it. Mm-hmm. Everybody does. If, you, if, you, if you're if you a dude and you're watching this and you say you don't do that, you're stupid. I don't I believe love you. you. I don't believe I you. I love you. I don't believe you, but you're stupid. <laughs> we'll, just, okay? we'll just say, just to be politically correct, you know, God's been so faithful for you. I'm so glad he protected <laughs> you from it. But I've never met any guy who's, who's never no, struggled with no. it. no. No, but if you're that dude, not. you know, introduce yourself. I'd love to know your secret. Yes, totally. And here's the thing: like, I know we struggle with it. And I'm not trying to make y'all feel bad about struggling with it, but there's three things that I've learned um, with like that struggle. Number one, you are setting an impossible standard on your future spouse to meet. Mm-hmm. Every time you watch that, you are literally putting that into your brain, and that is going to be on your mind on the rest of the day. And so, when you see women, that's how you're going to see them. You're going to see them as objects instead of daughters of the king, um, fearfully and wonderfully made. Christ took his time on her, mm. and you are literally putting your simple desires on her. Okay, number two, think about if you were a father, would you want some guy to be watching your girl like this? That eats me up. If I, like, later on down the road, and I, if I have a future daughter, whew. Dude, I get chills, and it's hot in Bakersfield. Yeah, right? I'm taking your kneecaps out with the baseball Exactly. Bat. I'm I'm thinking like, the shotgun. I didn't want to say I wanted you to say it first, but I somebody's gotta die. Like I'm just okay. like and I don't think also too, like this is just speaking from past experience, if I'm gonna be completely real, um, like that was a huge issue um with me and my ex. Like I was really in bondage um with pornography for a while. Mm-hmm. And so because I wasn't treasuring Jesus the right way, I could not treasure her the right way. Mm-hmm. So if you are in bondage to that, you're not going to be able to treasure your girl the right way. And you're also not going to be able to find one, okay, because you're not going to know what to look for. Exactly. Okay, so like if you're – there's a Proverbs 31 woman out there. Praise the Lord for them. Mm, keep doing you, girl. You're out there somewhere. But like you won't know what's right and what's wrong. You're going to be so just caught up in your fleshly desires that you're going to miss possibly – the girl that Christ has put in your life. Exactly. Like right in front of your eyes, you know? And so I'll just, for you dudes, man, like being a man of God is the most important thing that you'll ever do in your life. I don't care what job you have. I don't care what wife that you marry, whatever it is, what sports you play. If you go into the you know professional college, whatever it is, being a man of God is the most important thing you'll ever do in your life. So strive to be in that man, like have accountability, uh, pursue wisdom from older people in your church or your father figure or whoever. That's the that's the blueprint right there. I mean, there's not much more you even have to say regarding it. The reason I wanted to talk about it just really briefly at the end was, and you noticed this too, I'm sure, um, just coming from the Christian influencer point of view, 
it seems like when we tweet about relationships, when we write about relationships, when we make videos about relationships, those get the largest responses. So based off of that, that's letting me know that that's what yeah. so many people are so, I mean, that's, that's what they want to know about. That's yeah. consumed by. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying that it's the most important thing in the faith, but obviously it's something that's big if big. that many people are care yeah. about it. So big. with that, that comes a lot of responsibility. And like Evan said, guys, girls, pursue wisdom mm-hmm. biblically from, from people in your church. Don't get around getting relationship advice from people who and never been in a relationship if it's not biblical. <laughs> Don't do it. Because we, yeah. like, if we've never been in a relationship, we can give you biblical relationship advice. But when it comes down to like struggling with like lust and you want someone who's really been there in the relationship, you should probably be better off asking your parents, maybe asking an older couple in the church. Yeah. Get it from people who have been there and stop listening to these young, these young bucks who – they have they said and, and this is where this the spawn of this relationship goal stuff has come from. I don't want to have relationship goals of two 15 year olds on the beach swinging around like everything's just going mm. good. I need some girl who whenever something's about to go down, I need somebody who's going to pray for me. Yeah. I need somebody who's going to be there for me in the struggle because there are struggles. We mm-hmm. need realistic relationship goals and you'll find those emulated in the Bible and you'll find those being lived out by people in the church. That's all I'll say about it. <laughs> mic drop. <laughs> mic drop. <laughs> Literally drop, drop mic the mic. Talk, yeah. But dude, I don't Man. know. I, we, we started off by saying the church plants. Um, I, I wanted to kind of go back to that a little bit. Um, yeah. I, I really don't want to go too much into calling, but what do you feel your calling is? Um, I think, and I'm not saying this to sound like super like awesome Christian, like, oh gosh, like Evan, Evan is an awesome rock star Christian. But like, if you're a believer, you're calling in your life. Like, so we had a, we had a question. I asked my Bible study this, um, I think it might've been on like Wednesday every week. I'd be like, so what do you think God's will for your life is? Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, oh shoot. <laughs> like, I've never thought about this before. Oh man. I'm, and I'm like, don't don't think too hard about it. I just just what do you think? What do you think his will is for your life? And they're all just like sitting there silently. And I'm like, here's the thing. I said, this is gonna blow your mind to make him known. Mm. That's it. And so that that's my calling is literally to make him known. Um, and so, like, just with the church plant, man. Um, we're not 100 percent sure on obviously where we want to plant, but like, guys, kind of like leading us to like Myrtle Beach and everybody's like, Oh, you think Myrtle Beach, God's calling you to Myrtle Beach? And I'm like, mm. Yeah. Like <laughs> I, Are you the Holy Spirit? Like what, you, know, what, you, you don't know what he's doing in my life? <laughs> you, you you don't know. You feel me? Oh man. It's always those people who like try and shoot it I down. It's like right? I know. I'm like, you're not like bro, are you really? And I'm like, Yeah. Like for real. But um just with that, like there's just so I have a huge heart um, for human trafficking. I'm wearing the hat right now, like end it movement. There we go. Throw it out, we out there. Here. Let us know yeah. about it. And so, man, like we want to provide a safe place for them. I, I, ke- I keep saying that all the time, but that is huge. That is our, the basis behind the church, obviously to proclaim Christ and the gospel, mm-hmm. but we want to provide a church um, for that. And so like on the boardwalk in Myrtle beach, like it is huge. Um, human trafficking is huge right there. Mm-hmm. And so like, um, my friend Blake's fiance, like that's what she wants to do. She wants to be like a counselor for women and children who come out of that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, 
it's huge in Myrtle Beach. And obviously, like, it's huge, like, in other places, too. But um, Blake, he's probably going to be, like, the lead pastor. Now he will be the lead pastor. And so, like, that's where he's feeling God's calling him. And so we started praying. And then, like, this popped up in Taylor's life. That's his fiance. And then it popped up in my life. And I was like, oh, shoot. Like, he's putting the pieces together. Dude, you know, like we, just gotta be, we just got to be obedient. And we got to follow this. It might be scary. It might, it's going to be hard. And mm-hmm. we're going to be confused a lot of the time. But, like, God is never going to take you to a place where his grace is not enough for you. Mm-hmm. And so we had to trust that. Like, you hear all the time, like, oh, like, you know, like, God loves you. You love God. But, like, do you trust him? That's big. Do you trust him? You, you can't just you can say, love oh, yeah, I trust God. Yeah. It's by, with your actions. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, man, like that's a calling I feel that God's placed on my life is just to um, just to love people like he's loved me. Like you can't you cannot like. T- OK, so, you know, when you understand God's grace and his forgiveness and his acceptance towards you and realizing that and believing that, how can you withhold that from somebody else? Hmm. And so, like, that's it, man, like just taking that to the hopeless people, to the people who need him. Um, because I mean, everybody knows we're all struggling right now. Mm. Like everybody, um, this world is in desperate need of the gospel. And so I just want to take that to the world, man. So, man, I, I guess the question, the question of the day, just trying to tailgate off of that is for anyone out there who is kind of questioning or, or wondering they're probably new to the faith and maybe they've been in the faith for years and they're still a little unsure. How would you, or what would you recommend they do to go about figuring out their calling, their purpose here on earth? Hmm. Number one, definitely seek his word. Um, Christ is going to reveal himself to you in his word. Like it's lit, like literally, I don't think you guys understand. Like I don't, I didn't even understand this for a while and I still don't like, I still can't wrap my head around it. Literally every time we open the Bible, the Holy spirit is there. He's sitting amongst us Hmm. like saying like, Hey, like I spoke this into existence. Like I, I gave this to people and this is my word. Like I'm inviting you to be with me. Like I'm going to reveal myself to you. So I would say, Definitely um, get into his word to see what he has for you. Um, and like prayer, uh, that's a number one. That's another one. Um, and like, don't just say like the, like the cliche, like, you know, like those little rhythm, pr- rhythm prayers, mm. like be real with him. Like we have a heavenly father who is, who allows us to be real with him. Mm. Um, and so like, if you're doubting, whatever you're doubting, tell him that, tell him that you're mad at him. He's not going to be mad at you. And so be open. Um, and also like, like you said earlier, like seek biblical counsel. Mm-hmm. Like, seek somebody in your church, in your family. Um, if you have a mentor, um, like, that's older, like, a friend. Like, say, like, hey, like, I'm really new to this. I want to discover, like, what God's calling in my life is. Like, where do I start? What do I do? And have them help equip you. Because following Jesus was never meant to be done alone. Mm-hmm. Like, we were made for community. Um, and so you're going to, like, that, and that's, what, that's what's helped me is, like, I got really plugged in with, like, I mean, like you, like we have a great relationship, even though we don't talk a lot, like we're still like tight and like my friend and my friend, like Blake, like hearing his passions um, for like what Christ has done in his life and what he wants to do that has helped um, bring the realization to me like, oh, shoot, like we're passionate about the same things. Mm. Like this is what I want to do as well. And so just bouncing off um, other believers, like just what Christ has done in their life, um, what they're passionate about. It can help you as well. Dude, that's so important. Always here. And I guess we'll end with um, this and I'll ask you one last question or I'll have you ask a question for the audience that you'd like to get some insight in. But I always hear that if you want to go fast in something, you do it by yourself because you can, you know, expedite the process, learn at your own pace. But they say if you want to go far, 
if you want to mm-hmm. go far in your journey and your learning then you do it with other people around you yeah because they're going to be sowing in your life and helping you so definitely if you if you if you want to go far in this christian walk you're not yeah. meant to live this life alone no no man is an island get a strong community of believers around you who they'll re- rebuke you they'll correct you they'll yeah. set you straight if you start messing up and also people that you can yeah. sell into too so for the ending segment of the podcast is there anything and this is what we'll do is there anything that okay. you'd like to ask the listeners um just just a, a quick question that you'd like to ask them um maybe you can get some insight into their life how god's working with them um so yeah yeah. Um, and so one thing I'll, I'll let you guys know too, like if you don't follow me on Twitter or like Instagram, like please like follow me. And so we can talk about this. Um, my username is just Evan Hedrick. Um, and so I'll ask you guys two questions. Um, number one, and I don't want the church answer. Like I know the church answers and I don't want that at all. Okay. So be real with me. Like if you want to talk about this, let's, let's talk about it. Like DM me, tweet at me. I'd love to talk to you guys about this. So number one, what do you think God feels about you? So if he was standing there right now in your room and he's looking at you, what do you think he feels about you? Okay. And then the second question is, what do you think he says about you? And I don't, I don't, again, I don't want the church answer. I don't want the answer like, oh yeah, he loves me. He forgives me. That textbook answer stuff. Don't, don't give me that. Don't give me that. Dude. So think about those questions. What does God feel about you? What does he say about you? DM me. We'll chat about it. Guys, definitely. Um, I want to tell you to plug your social medias, but I'll definitely have his social medias in the description box below. It'll If you're watching this or listening to this on iTunes, it'll definitely be in the podcast notes. You guys can leave your answers in the comments. Um, you guys can email them. You can dm them whatever way you need to contact them make sure you do it that way but evan man it's it's been such an honor having you on the podcast dude i'm i'm so excited that you're here i'm sad that you're leaving but man you're such a scholar you're such a gentleman man and you know we just we just want to speak life over you want to pray for you we want to do everything for you dude you're you're, (laughs) you're a good man man i appreciate this so much man for real but dude thank you for coming on the podcast once again and we'll see you guys next time. By the people, for the people. Seem like you only look out for your sort of people. I look around, it's more evil. Gotta see it in me. <laughs> you see, um, every day we closer to that funeral. Every day a struggle, but the struggle's still beautiful.